Chapter Seven of Stories from Pantamerone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories from Pantamerone by Giambattista Pesire. Chapter Seven: The Merchant. Troubles are usually the brooms and shovels that smooth the road to a man's good fortune, of which he little dreams. Many a man curses the rain that falls upon his head, and knows not that it brings abundance to drive away hunger, as is seen in the person of a young man of whom I will tell you. It is said that there was once a very rich merchant named Antoniello, who had a son called Cienzo. It happened that Cienzo was one day throwing stones on the seashore with the son of the king of Naples, and by chance broke his companion's head. When he told his father, Antoniello flew into a rage with fear of the consequences and abused his son. But Cienzo answered, Sir, I have always heard say that better is the law court than the doctor in one's house. Would it not have been worse if he had broken my head? It was he who began and provoked me. We are but boys, and there are two sides to the quarrel. After all, tis a first fault, and the king is a man of reason. But let the worst come to the worst. What great harm can he do me? The wide world is one's home, and let him who is afraid turn constable. But Antoniello would not listen to reason. He made sure the king would kill Cienzo for his fault, and said, Don't stand here at risk of your life, but march off this very instant, so that nobody may hear a word, new or old, of what you have done. A bird in the bush is better than a bird in the cage. Here is money. Take one of the two enchanted horses I have in the stable, and the dog which is also enchanted, and tarry no longer here. It is better to scamper off and use your own heels than to be touched by another's. Better to throw your legs over your back than to carry your head between two legs. If you don't take your knapsack and be off, none of the saints can help you. Then begging his father's blessing, Cienzo mounted his horse, and tucking the enchanted dog under his arm, he went his way out of the city. Making a winter of tears with a summer of sighs, he went his way until the evening, when he came to a wood that kept the mule of the sun outside its limits, while it was amusing itself with silence and the shades. An old house stood there, at the foot of a tower. Cienzo knocked at the door of the tower, but the master, being in fear of robbers, would not open to him. So the poor youth was obliged to remain in the ruined old house. He turned his horse out to graze in a meadow, and threw himself on some straw he found, with the dog by his side. But scarcely had he closed his eyes, when he was awakened by the barking of the dog, and heard footsteps stirring in the house. Cienzo, who was bold and venturesome, seized his sword and began to lay about him in the dark. But perceiving that he was only striking the wind and hit no one, he turned round again to sleep. After a few minutes, he felt himself pulled gently by the foot. He turned to lay hold again of his cutlass, and jumping up exclaimed, "'Hello there! You are getting too troublesome. But leave off this sport, and let's have a bout of it if you have any pluck, for you have found the last to your shoe.' At these words he heard a shout of laughter, and then a hollow voice saying, "'Come down here, and I will tell you who I am.' Then Cienzo, without losing courage, answered, "'Wait a while, I'll come.' So he groped about until at last he found a ladder which led to a cellar, 
and going down he saw a lighted lamp and three ghost-looking figures who were making a piteous clamour, crying, "'Alas, my beauteous treasure, I must lose thee!' When Cienzo saw this, he began himself to cry and lament for company's sake, and after he had wept for some time, the moon having now, with the axe of her rays, broken the bar of the sky, the three figures who were making the outcry said to Cienzo, "'Take this treasure which is destined for thee alone.' but mind and take care of it. Then they vanished. And Cienzo, espying the sunlight through a hole in the wall, wished to climb up again, but could not find the ladder, whereat he set up such a cry that the master of the tower heard him and fetched a ladder when they discovered a great treasure. He wished to give part of it to Cienzo, but the latter refused, and taking his dog and mounting once more on his horse, set out again on his travels. After a while he arrived at a wild and dreary forest, so dark that it made you shudder. There, upon the bank of a river, he found a fairy surrounded by a band of robbers. Cienzo, seeing the wicked intention of the robbers, seized his sword and soon made a slaughter of them. The fairy showered thanks upon him for this brave deed done for her sake, and invited him to her palace that she might reward him. But Cienzo replied, "'It is nothing at all. Thank you kindly.' Another time I will accept the favour, but now I am in haste on business of importance. So saying, he took his leave, and travelling on long way, he came at last to the palace of a king, which was all hung with mourning, so that it made one's heart black to look at it. When Cienzo inquired the cause of the mourning, the folks answered, A dragon with seven heads has made his appearance in this country, the most terrible monster that ever was seen, with the crest of a cock, the head of a cat, eyes of fire, the mouth of a bulldog, the wings of a bat, the claws of a bear, and the tail of a serpent. Now this dragon swallows a maiden every day, and now the lot has fallen on Manichella, the daughter of the king. So there is great weeping and wailing in the royal palace, since the fairest creature in all the land is doomed to be devoured by this horrid beast. When Cienzo heard this, he stepped aside and saw Manichella pass by with the morning train, accompanied by the ladies of the court and all the women of the land, wringing their hands and tearing out their hair by handfuls, and bewailing the sad fate of the poor girl. Then the dragon came out of the cave, but Cienzo laid hold of his sword and struck off a head in a trice. But the dragon went and rubbed his neck on a certain plant which grew not far off, and suddenly the head joined itself on again, like a lizard joining itself to its tail. Cienzo, seeing this, exclaimed, He who dares not, wins not. And, setting his teeth, he struck such a furious blow that he cut off all seven heads, which flew from the necks like peas from the pan. Whereupon he took out the tongues, and putting them in his pocket, he flung the heads a mile apart from the body, so that they might never come together again. Then he sent Manichella home to her father, and went himself to repose in a tavern. When the king saw his daughter, his delight is not to be told, and having heard the manner in which she had been freed, he ordered a proclamation to be instantly made, that whosoever had killed the dragon should come and marry the princess. Now a rascal of a country fellow, hearing this proclamation, took the heads of the dragon and said, Manichella has been saved by me. These hands have freed the land from destruction. Behold the dragon's heads, which are the proofs of my valour. 
therefore recollect, every promise is a debt. As soon as the king heard this, he lifted the crown from his own head and set it upon the countryman's pole, who looked like a thief on the gallows. The news of this proclamation flew through the whole country, till at last it came to the ears of Cienzo, who said to himself, Verily I am a great blockhead. I had hold of fortune by the forelock, and I let her escape out of my hand. Here's a man offers to give me the half of a treasure he finds, and I care no more for it than a German for cold water. The fairy wishes to entertain me in her palace, and I care as little for it as an ass for music, and now that I am called to the crown, here I stand and let a rascally thief cheat me out of my trump-card. So saying, he took an inkstand, seized the pen, and spreading out a sheet of paper, began to write. To the most beautiful jewel of women, Manichella, having by the favour of Sol and Leo saved thy life, I hear that another plumes himself with my labours, that another claims the reward of the service which I rendered. Thou, therefore, who wast present at the dragon's death, canst assure the king of the truth, and prevent his allowing another to gain this reward, while I have had all the toil. For it will be the right effect of thy fair royal grace, and the merited recompense of this strong hero's fist. In conclusion, I kiss thy delicate little hands. From the Inn of the Flower-Pot, Sunday. Having written this letter, and sealed it with a wafer, he placed it in the mouth of the enchanted dog, saying, Run off as fast as you can, and take this to the king's daughter. Give it to no one else, but place it in the hand of that silver-faced maiden herself. Away ran the dog to the palace, as if he were flying, and going up the stairs he found the king, who was still paying compliments to the country clown. When the man saw the dog with the letter in his mouth, he ordered it to be taken from him. But the dog would not give it to any one, and bounding up to Manichella, he placed it in her hand. Then Manichella rose from a seat, and making a curtsy to the king, she gave him the letter to read. And when the king had read it, he ordered that the dog should be followed to see where he went, and that his master should be brought before him. So two of the courtiers immediately followed the dog, until they came to the tavern where they found Cienzo. And, delivering the message from the king, they conducted him to the palace, into the presence of the king. Then the king demanded how it was that he boasted of having killed the dragon, since the heads were brought by the man who was sitting crowned at his side. And Cienzo answered, that fellow deserves a pasteboard mitre rather than a crown, since he has had the impudence to tell you a bouncing lie. But to prove to you that I have done the deed and not this rascal, order the heads to be produced. None of them can speak to the proof without a tongue, and these I have brought with me as witnesses to convince you of the truth. So saying, he pulled the tongues out of his pocket, while the countryman was stuck all of a heap, not knowing what would be the end of it and the more so when Manichella added, This is the man! Ah, oh, you dog of a countryman! A pretty trick you have played me! When the king heard this, he took the crown from the head of that false loon, and placed it on the head of Cienzo, and he was on the point of sending the impostor to the galleys. But Cienzo begged the king to have mercy on him, and to confound his wickedness with courtesy. Then he married Manichella, and the tables were spread, and a royal banquet was set forth and in the morning they sent for Antoniello with all his family. And Antoniello soon got into great favour with the king, and saw in the person of his son the saying verified, a straight port to a crooked ship.
End of chapter 7